an afterlife therapist and his daughter meet a friendly young ghost when they move into a crumbling mansion in order to rid the premises of wicked spirits. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood. A weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. That is our podcast. Cool. That is what we've been doing for 28 episodes now, Ryan. Look at this. Yeah. And if people are still listening, which I hope they are. I hope so. Then, hi. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Ryan. Just two people working through their movie collection, (laughs) deciding if they even have good taste. Oh, that's questionable with some of these movies. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. Um, This week we are doing the, what year did this movie come out? 1995. (laughs) Of course it did. 1995 classic Casper. Yes. Which is one of our first kid movies we've done in a while yeah we've done a lot of teen movies mm-hmm. some ca- action i almost said caction we got that caction movie going uh caction with, that's what Comedy they call it in action. chicago it's a caction movie <laughs> what? go bears and this one we've done a lot of 1995 movies yeah but if you think about it you were 11 that's true and i was 13 that's prime movie memories that's true so. that's it's at a point where you really start to remember things that you watched mm-hmm. because when you're really young it's like i remember bits and pieces of movies that i liked but there's times where i'm very hazy on did yeah. i see that movie when did i see that movie but yeah i, I definitely agree that 11 10 11 was probably when i can remember mm-hmm. vividly yeah definitely. movies that i've seen so Casper, 1995, you want to go down memory road and hit us with some facts? Um, Right off the bat, it looks like uh, one of the writers was actually J.J. Abrams. Whoa. Which I did not know. Uh, The movie was released on May 26, 1995, so it was uh, Memorial Day weekend. It had a budget of $55 million, and it grossed over $287.9 million. So it was insanely successful. That's crazy. Which I did not know that. I Yeah. Also, I didn't know it came out Memorial Day weekend. I just assumed it has ghosts. It would come out around Halloween. But It's oh. set in the fall because I vividly remember in the movie that they have a Halloween party. Yeah. So, Very yeah. True. Yeah. Let's see here biggest tv shows of the year which we've obviously done multiple movies from this year so we'll go with 60 minutes nypd blue and boston common those are a little bit further down the list than uh, the usual top three that we give out the number one song the week the movie came out was montel jordan this is how we do it other popular songs were brian adams have you ever really loved a woman and michael jackson you are not alone Nice. Yeah. Popular movies, other than this one, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Get Shorty, and Seven. Those are some movies. Yeah. All good ones. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's funny, 
because I was thinking the other day when we recorded our uh, the episode before this one, mm-hmm. which was, why well, can't I remember it? We literally did it the other day. Employee of the month. Employee of the month. Mm-hmm. And it was for a year we'd never done a movie before. Yeah. And it was really weird to hear you say all the shows that you did and all the movies because mm-hmm. I'm so used to... 1995 or 96 and you're like friends was a hit show yeah home like, improvement no, duh. yeah but yeah that's uh 1995 was a good year definitely sorry i got distracted because it says buy tickets for casper and apparently the one theater in tempe that we've been to mm-hmm. is doing a showing of it on october 4th oh at 11:30 on a friday 11:30 at night no oh a.m a.m okay they're I'm sure they're trying to make it towards children, maybe. Maybe. But, you know, some people got to work, so. That's, yeah. Middle of a work day. Interesting choice. Right? Movie theater. Um. So, my earliest memories of this movie were, it was one of the first movies I saw without my parents. Mm-hmm. I, went, I went to the theater with my next door neighbor, who was my best friend at the time, and her mom took us, and I do remember it was in the summer, Uh. so... I did kind of remember that it came out in the summer, which I thought was kind of weird, mm-hmm. but they do it sometimes. I think sometimes they don't have an idea of, should we put this movie in the season it's supposed to be in, or should we put it earlier? Yeah. You know? It's weird when you'll get a movie that's kind of have some Christmas undertones, and it comes out in the summer. Right. Like, Iron Man 3 has some Christmas time undertones, and it came out in the middle of the summer. Right. But, it, I mean, it's one thing if it's something like Harry Potter where it centers around a whole year pretty yeah. much. Or yeah. like a whole school year. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's going to be holiday, different holidays that they reference. And it doesn't necessarily make it a Christmas movie. In our eyes, it does. But Yeah. That's it's the same thing with, with TV shows. Yeah. Like, we loved Community. In the last few years, they would put Community, they would start their season in March. But the creators still... would still do a Halloween episode and a Thanksgiving and a Christmas episode. So you're getting a Christmas episode in the middle of May. I think that was just Dan Harmon being like, well, I'm going to do it this way anyway. <laughs> you can't stop me. Yeah. Um, as far as my earliest memory, this was right around the time where during the summer, my mom would take me and my brothers to the movies basically once a week. Right. During just to, so it was something to do. We would, But we would go see the movies at the discount theater so we probably saw it three months after it came out uh-huh but we didn't care i mean the only ones like she made a point to get us to the theater when it was was a christmas movie she's like i'm right. not gonna take you to a christmas movie in march no we're gonna go see it now but we've also talked about how insanely expensive movies are yes so but i remember going to see it in theater the only thing i remember christina ricci from prior to this movie was adam's family so it was a little weird for me to see her not as a gothic wednesday adams yeah and i think i had it in my head she was gonna be that way because it was in my head a halloween movie well yeah and it's supposed to be it's about ghosts and it's yeah. dark it's a little darker so i get that yeah and so she's then, just kind of a normal girl yeah she was a totally normal girl yeah but then also i remember for it would have been my birthday that year i think it would have been 11 i got the vhs oh yeah and it was one of those VHSs in like the big white cases, like the Disney movies yeah, always came in. Yeah, for sure. So, I like the movie a lot. I don't think I own this movie on VHS. I'm trying to remember. I just know that I watched it a lot, mm-hmm. and this is where. And I think I mentioned this in our now and then, 
episode, this is where I developed a crush on Devin Sawa because he was the human form of Casper, spoiler alert, already. Yeah. But I do remember that. And one of the reasons we're doing this movie is because it is fall now. Mm-hmm. We're in late September. Yeah. So we're going to start kicking off our Halloween movies. Exactly. And this is one of the ones that we don't watch every year. mm But it's... When I was a kid, it was definitely on my top list of Halloween movies because I watched scary movies probably too too young, inappropriately too young. Yes. But I liked movies like this that were... There's parts where it could be a little scary to a kid, but it's not a horror movie and it's not inappropriate scary. <laughs> I will say this. I watched scary movies too, way too early. Yeah. But I would watch them with my dad, which is weird because... If you know my dad, he's not big into movies right. or TV, but he always liked to watch scary movies, I think because he thought they were funny. <laughs> I remember watching Child's Play with him and some of the Jason movies and the Freddy Kruegers and always having fun to the point when I was an adult, one of the Jason and Freddy, I think it was Jason vs. Freddy came yeah. out and he went to go see the movie with my buddies and me and he was cracking up the whole movie. He thought it was the funniest thing. Everybody in the theater is terrified. There's my dad just laughing his butt off. Psychopath. No, but we had a great time. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, That's that's awesome. I I guess the person that introduced me to scary movies was my brother because I think my parents tried to make it seem like they were decent parents that didn't want their child to watch Mm -hmm. bad things. But I remember watching it with my brother, and that you know scarred me for life. I do remember when I was a uh, I want to say second grade. My parents had my aunt and uncle over uh, for Halloween and they watched Leprechaun. And I remember me and my cousin kept sneaking out of the room and trying to catch a couple scenes and it scared the crap out of me. That's, I have a similar memory with it. I remember when it was making its like television debut. Yeah. And it was on the cover of TV Guide. I, thought that is the creepiest effing clown I've ever seen in my life. Yes. And it that one stayed with me as far as, like, I have trouble walking by sewers, and I'm almost 35. I'm pretty sure we kind of mentioned it in the now and then because yeah. that was... There's two movies that scarred us for life about yeah. walking near sewers. Exactly. Um, For sure. So we're going to be doing a couple of different Halloween movies the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't want to announce any just because... Yeah, we'll figure them out. In stone. But yeah, we're going to kind of do that to a little theming for the next few weeks. So uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and let you know where you can catch this movie. Ooh, look, I remembered. Yay! We should have celebration music. Ashley remembered. Do you remember the time that Ryan hit the microphone? Us to ask you this. <laughs> yeah. Don't sing something too recognizable. Well, I, I took it with Michael Jackson, and then after like four seconds went into this gibberish. So I think we're good. <laughs> you can find Casper on Netflix, apparently. According to the internet, don't, you don't, know. Yeah, don't hold us to it. We, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And you can rent it if you'd like, but if you have Netflix, then just go to Netflix, type in Casper, and it should be there. Mm-hmm. And that should be good. Apparently, when I uh, Googled Casper... Or not Googled, but looked it up in the little Just Watch search engine. There were some possible sequels. There's Casper's Scare School. Casper's mm. Haunted Christmas. I do remember one with Hilary Duff. It was Casper and Wendy or something. 
I'm pretty sure it was Hilary Duff. I remember an animated Casper Christmas movie that I used to watch. Oh. My mom had bought me that. I had a, it was a Casper one, and then I had a Mickey Mouse's, you know, Christmas Carol. But I remember watching the Casper one a lot. So that also introduced me to Casper the Friendly Ghost. Nice. Yeah, there was definitely a movie in 1998, Casper Meets Wendy, mm-hmm. live action. And Wendy is a very young Hilary Duff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was it released in theaters? Uh, that's a good question. I just remember, I think my cousin had it on VHS, but I don't honestly remember watching it. Let me mm. see here. The film was released on September 22nd, and it aired on Fox Family on the 27th of October, oh. 1998. Because I'm surprised with as successful as this movie was, they didn't go do a sequel. Well, they did, but they... Well, I mean, like a theatrical release, it seems like it was making a ton of money. Yeah, it. you, you would think, but yeah. this movie had some people in it, hmm. so... But, yeah, that's that's funny that it was Hilary Duff. It's like, I vaguely remember that, but... Because hmm. that was obviously before, like, Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Um, so, we're gonna go ahead and hit the... Pause, pause. And go watch this beautiful masterpiece that is Casper. And come back and talk all about it. Oh, actually, real quick. <laughs> let's do whether or not we think the movie's gonna hold up. You know, yeah, the that... whole purpose of our podcast. Right? What do you think? I'm going to say there's going to be some parts that I'll think are, che- are a little cheeky and cheesy and a little kiddish, but I still think it's going to be pretty decent. I think I'm going to enjoy it. I agree. I feel like we saw this movie a couple of years ago, so... And I don't remember hating it. Yeah. So I think it will hold up. I I think that it's a classic from our childhood in a mm-hmm. way. I mean, it's probably not... I wouldn't say it's like a classic, like it's the Goonies or something, no. but... It's definitely up there and ones that I loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, there's parts of it that I vividly remember. So I think that will hold, help hold it up for me. Yeah, definitely. No, it's one of those movies, out of all the ones we've gone back and rewatched, I would say as a child, I saw this 20, 25 times. Right. I really enjoyed it. So I think it's going to be good. So I agree. N- now. I agree. Let's hit the old pause. pause. Go watch a movie. Come back, talk about it. Yeah. And we're back. We just finished watching Casper. We're going to go ahead and break down our movie, like we always do, with our categories. And first thing we're going to do is fire up that sweet contraption and make some eggs and talk about some technology. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I know you liked it. Yeah. I... I like any movie where there's a cool contraption that does something really simple. <laughs> yeah. It's it's unnecessary, but it's awesome. Yeah. And I thought that, and later in the scene, or in the movie, there's they're in the lab, mm-hmm. in Casper's dad's lab, and the way they get down there is really cool. And they had to build that. It was like a tiny little roller coaster yeah. in a way. So I thought that was awesome. It reminded me of something you'd find on the Goonies. Definitely. Unnecessary, but cool. Very cool. Especially when you're a kid. The one of the first technologies I saw was one of the first scenes, Dib and Kerrigan, who are essentially the villains of mm-hmm. the movie, if you'd like to call them that. And they 
walk into the mansion that a Kerrigan, the female she had just inherited from her father. Yeah. And they're checking it out. And Casper approaches them and he whips out his cell phone, Dibs does, and tries to use it as a weapon. Oh, yeah. And it was huge. Yeah. It was a brick of a cell phone. No, so. Zach Morris would have been proud. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. But what was yours? Uh, also, the one that I kind of noticed was Kerrigan is staying in a hotel because mm-hmm. she's not going to stay in that dumpy mansion. Sure. Um, but her hotel had a real old box television that had like channel dials. Yeah. And then it was like on a wheelie stand. Yeah. And she also was talking on a corded phone. Yeah. Which was pretty, pretty sweet. But also still exist in hotels. Yeah. Um, the one I saw was just the vacuum that Dr. Harvey used yes. to suck up the Boo Brothers uh, when he first meets them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really old. Yeah, it had like a cloth bag that holds the dust. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty I felt ancient. like there was a lot of just random stuff in the background in this movie mm-hmm. that were just old, like vintage stuff. Outside of the vintage stuff, there's a scene where dr harvey goes to do karaoke with the boo brothers yeah and there's a sign on the wall advertising that the prize for the karaoke winner was a portable cd player oh nice yes. i didn't see that yeah and i was like oh man but i thought back i was like in 1995 i don't think i had a uh cd player like a portable one. that's true i, I got one in junior player. high i want to say so a couple years later i got one for I... my birthday I didn't get one until I was like 14. Oh. And it was because my brother had bought a new one, so he gave me his old one. So, otherwise, I, who knows when got I would have got hand one. Downs. Got the hand-me-downs. Hey, it worked. It was pretty sweet. Um, I also like that the one character, Vic, who we'll talk about later, is wearing just those crappy headphones that came with the Walkman. Yeah. Just the basic mm-hmm. black, very small ones around his neck. Yeah. Total garbage. Which I guess kids today would probably wear like Beats headphones around their neck. That's true. Yeah. But I feel like we went through a part in our society where everybody had earbuds. Mm -hmm. And now we've kind of shifted back to everybody has headphones for the most part. It's it's, it's more a 50 50 cut. Or the AirPods. Oh, yeah. Because they AirPods. Because you got to be cool. If I had those, I would totally end up washing them through the washing machine. I don't trust myself. Yeah, I don't trust myself one bit for those. The other thing I noticed was in the background of the office, in Dr. Harvey's office, there was a really old record player that had one of those old horns. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like old-timey horns. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. That was it for uh, technology for me. Do you want to move on to the DVD special features? Yes. Shall I read? Go ahead and read that verbatim. They had DVD-ROM features. Features. And we clicked on it, and this is what it said, guys. DVD-ROM materials on this disc include Halloween safety tips, easy and fun recipes, interactive games, and other information you need to throw the coolest Halloween party. Mm-hmm. Ask an adult to insert this DVD into the DVD-ROM drive on your computer to print party invitations, costume masks, keepsake picture frames, and much, much more. You will need to be running Windows 95 <laughs> yes. or later in your personal computer and have a DVD-ROM drive to access the materials. I don't know what year this DVD is from, but holy it's crap. Probably 
it had earliest form say, of this DVDs. Might have been the original DVD. Yeah, I do like that it says Windows ninety five because yes. obviously Windows ninety five was probably around when this movie was made, but it wasn't. Yeah. On DVD yet. Yeah, there's so. no DVD back in 1995. But I, I if I remember correctly, Windows 95 was like the top of the technology. Yeah, changed then, the computer game. Yeah, it did. So, the it, classic. And I want to kind of, you just got a new computer that doesn't have a DVD drive anymore. Yeah. I kind of want to open up your old one and stick it in there and see if we can print out some cool whatever they say. We, we might have to do that later. <laughs> some safety tips. Um, and invitations. The other bonus feature that I kind of chuckled at was it's kind of every DVD has the trailers and they'll have like a cast and crew section. Yeah. They didn't have cast and crew. They had cast and ghosts. <laughs> which I was like, well done. Silly. Well done. Um, the only thing on the soundtrack that I wanted to note, because I don't really remember very many songs from this movie, was just at the end, of course, it had a song yeah. about Casper. And mm-hmm. it was, I mean, essentially, it was the song that already exists. Yeah. But it was done by Little Richard. Mm-hmm. And once I heard it, I remembered it. Yeah. I did catch the one song that they were playing during the party that Cat throws, her mm-hmm. little Halloween party, was, and I was kind of surprised, they played a Digital Underground song, oh. same song. By the digital on it, which I was stunned that that would have been the route they'd go to. Because yeah. I think that's a little too mature for a bunch of preteens, basically. Yeah. So. That was a jamming party. Yeah, it was. It's pretty sweet. Also, the shortest party of all time, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty weak. Do you want to move on? Yes, we shall. All right. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion Offensive jokes, dated references, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Did you have any fashion? Okay. There's a character named Dibs. He wears a suit that is purple and pink that I felt like he should have been cosplaying the Joker. Yeah. It was pretty hideous, but I will say for a movie set in the 95s, I didn't see a <laughs> set in the 95s in the 90s. There wasn't a ton of terrible clothes. I agree. I was waiting for a lot more that we've seen in several movies that we've done from this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only thing I really noticed about Cat's wardrobe was at one point she wears a huge scrunchie. Yeah. Which was amazing. Yeah. Her wardrobe was just fine, other than there was some stuff that was a little baggy, mm-hmm. but yeah, not that comes bad. and goes. So yeah. Nothing atrocious. No, not at all. Dated references? One of the ones I noticed was we talked about earlier with Kerrigan's television. And what it is, is Casper saw this segment on television on hard Hard copy. copy. Mm -hmm, Yes. mm -hmm. So he goes over through the telephone line. That's the thing he does. Yeah. He transfers through the telephone line to go over and show Kerrigan this story. So Kerrigan will hire Dr. Harvey and cat will move into the mansion to get rid of the ghosts yes i just wanted to look up what when hard copy stopped airing and it aired from september 1989 to september 1999 oh wow so it's been 20 good years since that show was on i'm more surprised to hear that it was on until 1999 yeah i definitely remember it yeah i remember that show one of mine was i'm not going to name any of the actors but there's a montage of actors that appear when Fatso goes into 
Dr. Harvey's body. Mm -hmm. And a couple of them, I would say, are a little bit of a dated reference just because I don't think kids these days would know who they were. And honestly, in 1985, I don't know if I would have known a couple of them. Uh, Because they're more adult actors. Agreed. I didn't mean adult, like, porn porn stars. I mean, you know, they're older actors and... They Kids weren't making watching. kid movies. Yeah. Yeah. The last one that I had was there's a scene where Dr. Harvey is fighting Casper's uncles. Right. And there's a sword fight and all this. And one of the uncles cuts Dr. Harvey's belt so his pants fall down. <laughs> and Dr. Harvey starts running away and they called him Marky Mark. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Because it was they, Their jokes were so like rapid fired sometimes yeah. that I couldn't catch them all. Very witty. And, I mean, there was definitely jokes. I guess this happens in kids' movies all the time because you need to kind of appeal to adults as well. Where there was jokes where, you know, they probably flew over your head mm-hmm. when you were a kid. Definitely. But now you're like, oh, I get that now. Yeah. I but was not catching a Marky Mark reference when I was 11. The only other thing uh, was just some 90s slang. Uh, at the end of the movie, Dr. Harvey tells his daughter Kat to go. Go to the dance and have fun, but he's like, go hang or chill or whatever you call it. <laughs> and I just, ugh. We still chill. Yeah, we, we still. We Netflix and chill nowadays. Yeah. Dr. Gross. Harvey. <laughs> Gross. Was that it? Yeah, that was all I had. Awesome. Uh, we're going to move on to our next category, the category we like to call, well, hello there, where we talk about any cameos or famous. Well, hello there. Yeah. Rupert, Rupert. did not approve of that. Uh, famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. There was quite a few. There was. The first one I noticed was Squints from Sandlot. Yes. I was a little sad he wasn't in more of the movie. So his the actor's name is Chauncey Leopardi. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's got a very proper name. Very proper. And he, I was kind of disappointed to look at his IMBD profile and not see a lot of acting credits after Gilmore Girls. Um, because he was in quite a few episodes yeah. of Gilmore Girls. He played Kyle, if, if anybody's a fan of Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. One of Dean's friends. Notably, he lost his hand because he was in the Navy. And yeah. I remember in the one scene, he's like, gets a lot of chicks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But Squints from Sandlot. There's so much stuff going on yeah. in the background. Like horns they brought, are, Nobody can hear it, probably. Yeah. Whenever I edit, I, I realize... Later, I'm like, yeah, you can't even hear Rupert barking or barking. doing yeah. anything. One of the people I noticed was he was the lawyer who is talking to Dibs and Carrigan? Kerrigan and telling her about what she inherited. And the lawyer, or I don't know if he was an attorney, whoever, he was played by Ben Stein. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely also a little bit of a dated reference because he was in a lot of 90s movies. Yeah. At, in bit parts like that. And into the 80s, because he yeah. was on Ferris Bueller. That's true. Yeah. So he was like, to me, that it signifies, like, this is a 90s movie. It has this person in it. Yeah. He's one of those people. Definitely. We mentioned him before, but Dibs is played by Eric Idle. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, he's... Monty you know, Python. Yeah. He's yeah. Eric Idle. He's Eric Idle. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about him. One of my favorite cameos, do you want to say this one? No, go ahead. Oh, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. As... His Ghostbusters character. Yeah. Yeah, he's raised hands. Uh, he <laughs> says a pretty funny line. Yeah. The person that played Kerrigan was Kathy Moriarty. Yes. 
I did not know she was nominated for an Academy Award for Raging Bull. She was oh. nominated for playing Jake Damata's wife, you know, supporting actress. I put a note down because it'd been a while since we saw this movie, and I think when I was a kid, I always thought she was Kathleen Turner. Same. She has a husky voice. She's yes. blonde. Yeah. You know, probably around the same age. When I watched the movie, I was like, she's not Kathleen Turner. <laughs> I, I, when I was looking her up, she still acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently, she was in the American Crime Story, The Assassination of Johnny Versace. Oh, she okay. She was in like two episodes of it, so she's still going on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, who else did you notice? Um, Amy Brennerman, mm-hmm. who played the ghost, or I guess she also played his wife and Kat's mom, but she had lines as a ghost at the end of the movie. Um, she's from Judging Amy, and uh, more recently, The Leftovers, but she's been in a bunch of stuff. So yeah. She's just one of those actresses. I noticed uh, Don Novello, who played Father Guido Saraducci, who he would play on Saturday Night Live, uh-huh. like back in the 70s. He was one of the people they bring in to try to lift the spirits from the house. Oh, is he the priest? He's the priest. That part was really funny. Yes. I almost felt like it didn't fit in the movie, but it was really funny. Yeah. I, I wanted to say it. I looked this up. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know if Casper's voice was somebody familiar. But I think it's because I've seen this movie so much. So just his sound and his voice is familiar to me because of this movie. Mm-hmm. But I looked him up. He's an actor named Malachi Pearson. Yes. And the thing I remember him from is there's an episode of Full House... Where DJ is babysitting, uh-huh. and a kid gets his head stuck in the banister, and they use butter to get him out. That's him. Uh, That's no the kidding. Kid. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I was so excited. I actually went through. I don't. Did you look up the other ghosts? Because I looked up the other ones as well. I, I looked him up, and I only recognized the one. Um... Joe Alasky. Uh huh. Because yeah, he did the voice of Stinky. Yes. Uh, but his. He did a lot of the voices for Tiny Toons when we were kids. Oh, yeah, like Bugs a, Bunny. Yeah, did Bugs Bunny and voices like that. But he also voiced Richard Nixon in Forrest Gump. Oh. So he was, he. Uh, I did see he Good. passed away in 2016, but he was a real prominent voice actor. Nice. And then the other ghost, uh, Fatso, was voiced by Brad Garrett. Yes. Which everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. I remember him. He actually voiced... But going back to his early voice work was he was the voice of Hulk Hogan on Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Really? Yeah. The cartoon from when I was really, really they little. They didn't have him voice his own cartoon? Yeah. Is it because he's not a very good actor? I'm thinking it's that. he was. You know, we can get this guy who's an actual voice actor. Who can imitate yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And I did sense. see Brad Garrett most recently did the voice of Eeyore. And Christopher Robin and and Ralph breaks the internet. I did not so he's know still that. doing voice work and runs a comedy club. Comedy club at the MGM Grand. I mean, does he run it or did he just appear every couple? Well, he put his name on it, yeah. and then also we've noticed he. It's not even just where it's his name's on it. We've been in Vegas multiple times where he's appeared. Yeah, at he. It. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then so we'll, we'll talk about the montage of oh, yeah. uh, cameos that happened during. That little scene I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, the first one was Clint, Clint Eastwood. Clint, <laughs> clean Eastwood. <laughs> I don't know why. All of a sudden, my voice turns into Eastern European. <laughs> Do you want to name the other one? Then uh, it morphs into Rodney Dangerfield. Correct. Who, I would say, out of the people that they morph into, he was the one I would have recognized. Ladybugs. Yeah. 
for sure. Because mm-hmm. that was like another movie that I loved as a kid. Yeah. That probably was not hold up. No. <laughs> Definitely, out of the three, I think I would have recognized him the most. Mm-hmm. Other than my mom loved third, the third one. Wow, yes. I really can't talk. Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And then actually it does morph into a fourth one. It does? The Crypt Keeper. Oh, yeah. From Tales from <laughs> the Crypt. I did. I forgot to write them down. Yeah. But yeah. Again, a dated reference because I don't know if a lot of kids would know who he was. Probably not. No. Tales from the Crypt were, was huge when I was a kid. Yes. It yeah. scared the crap out of me. Yeah. There's yeah. so many, like, scary kind of outer limits that... If, yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Kind of, like, tiny little horror story. Mm, love me TV some Are You shows Afraid of the Dark. that yeah. I loved watching. Um, and then the last one. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, his name is Garrett Raffliff, Ratliff Henson, which many people probably did not recognize that name, <laughs> but... He played Guy Germain in The Mighty Ducks. Yes, he did. And yes. you noticed him right away. And I, I was like, like, is that Guy? I don't know. I don't know who you, who I thought you said. And I was like, nah. And then I looked and I was like, oh, that's what you said. Then yes. And then I like how you went, is it pronounced Guy or Guy? And I was like, it's Guy. I forgot. Uh. I haven't seen Mighty Ducks in a while, but it holds up. You said that so aggressively. <laughs> For anybody wondering. Don't even question it. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I'm sure there's things about it that don't, but, you know. Yeah. Maybe we'll add that to our list one day. Should we move on? Yes, we shall. The next category is called, Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot, the casting choices, and then we name our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. What did you think about the plot? It's not super believable. I mean... I mean, it's about ghosts. Yeah. And there's a friendly ghost who's taking over and becomes like best friends basically with this teenage girl. And mm-hmm. then he's got these three dick headed uncles who are trying to kill people. Yeah. So straight up murdering people. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's... not believable, <clears throat> but it's a fun plot for a kid's movie. That's exactly. I think it's. It's hard to judge this movie because it's supposed to be made for kids and it's supposed to be a fantasy movie. It's not set in realistic parameters. But I do think the way the movie progressed Mm -hmm. was not great because I think the last 30 minutes, a lot of stuff happens. And if you really look at the first hour of the movie, it was kind of slow. Yeah. And, and then, then they all rush sudden, everything. Yeah, and then they rush everything. Like, the yeah. villains come... Like, the villains are nowhere to be found. That's why I said they're supposed villains, because they really... They hire Dr. Harvey and his daughter to yeah. get rid of these ghosts. Then they really don't appear until the very end. So like, ten minutes left. And then their whole little plot line is really rushed. Mm-hmm. Like, they just... Spoiler alert, they decide to kill themselves. Yes. Or try to kill each other mm-hmm. to become a ghost so they can get into the safe, which they don't even really know if there's something in that safe. No. They're just assuming there is. It's Casper's treasure. And, yeah. And they're like, we gotta get that treasure. They oh, think no. it's golds and riches. Yeah. But... That, to me, was not very believable in the sense of this movie. Yeah. I just felt like there was too much going on. And then her dad is getting drunk in a karaoke bar with with the ghosts. And then he dies. Yeah. And only so that Casper would never actually turn into a human. Because his dad invented this machine that turned ghosts into human. Mm -hmm. 
That's literally the only reason they killed off Dr. Harvey was so that <laughs> they couldn't change Casper back. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. And also, like, the whole Casper's dream to become human again just popped out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, he just decided, yeah, I want to be human again so I can scam on Cat. That's really <laughs> all you want, Casper. Yeah. Right, uh, well, who can blame him? Creep. What about the casting choices? I didn't mind any of them. I think Christina Ricci for a kid actor in that time was really one of the better kid actors. For sure. Um, so I didn't have any issues. I, I, I always liked Bill Pullman. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't have any problems. I used to get him and Bill Paxton confused when I was a kid. I think everyone did. They're both kind of look very similar to each other, but Bill Paxton always seemed like the crazier one. Yeah. <laughs> like and the I, one that could murder you in your sleep. But I feel like I saw more of Bill Paxton's movies. Than For Bill sure, Palmer. yeah. Yeah. But Definitely. I, did, I looked him up, and he's still acting a bunch. He's going to be in that movie uh, with Mark Ruffalo that comes out in November, Dark Water. Oh, that looked yeah. really good. Yeah. We saw a preview for that so, when we saw it in Downton. Downton Abbey the other night. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Christina Ricci, great child actor. Yeah. If you're going to have a movie that is based around basically Casper and her, then you should have somebody that acts well. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What was your fun... Well, do you want to talk about your funniest line yeah. or why you liked it? Uh, my favorite part, we kind of mentioned uh, Father Guido Saraducci, who... Saraducci? Excuse me. Showing up to help get rid of the ghosts. And he shows up and just the way he talks, he's like, it's going to be a piece of cake, piece of crumb cake. <laughs> he goes in the house... You just hear, blah. He comes out. His head is turned around. He's yeah. covered in vomit. And he just says the same exact lines. He's <laughs> like, it's a piece of cake, piece of crumb cake. And just walks away. It was it was one of those things that's just like random. Yeah. Insert a comedy, but it was pretty funny. I, I did put the next, very next scene when uh, Dan Aykroyd runs out yeah. in his Ghostbuster <laughs> get up and he's like, who are you gonna call someone else? <laughs> I just thought it was funny. There, this movie wasn't as funny as I remember as a kid. Yeah. Because a lot of the jokes were coming from the Boo Brothers, and they were a little more cheesy than yeah. funny as an adult. The one thing I'll say about them is they were super witty. Yes. Whenever Cat called them an insult, they had a witty insult to fire right back. They were calling them bone bags and skin bags. Yeah. You know, how, how dare they have, you know. Flesh. Flesh. Cat tells him to drop dead and the one's like, too late. Yeah. <laughs> so She yeah. was very aggressive in that scene. Yeah, she was. What was your cringiest line or moment? We kind of talked about how. <laughs> your face was sheer horror. <laughs> well, we talked about how Casper was trying to scam on Cat. Yes. And he is super excited when Kat and Dr. Harvey show up at the house and she goes and looks for a room and he's like, oh my God, she's on my bed. Yes. Like, what is he going to do? He was super excited. And you pointed out when she goes to bed, he curls up at the foot of her bed like a dog. Yeah. So. I'm... Well, before that, before she knows he exists, like he turns into a pillow. Yeah. And she's, like, trying to fluff him and is punching him in the face. I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I noticed how aggressive he was, in a way. Mine came when, towards the end of the movie, Amelia comes down, which is Dr. Harvey and Kat's mother-slash-wife. Yeah. And 
whenever she appears, she has her arms spread out. Yeah. And she's wearing this, like, really long, flowy, like, sheer sleeved dress. Uh-huh. And I was like, we get it. You're an angel. <laughs> and But it's a red dress, too. It's not white or angelic to me. Yeah. So for all we know, she's in hell. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but That's she has her, ar- and I have my arms spread out while I'm doing yes. this. It was just cheesy. A little cheesy. Yeah. 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 That, I think that's it. Do Are you have done? any initial, additional notes? Yeah, I do. I did too. I have quite a few. One thing I'll say is I thought the CGI in the movie was kind of hit and miss. It definitely. Because I felt Casper was really well done. As yeah. As far as CGI. But then there's a scene where Casper drags Cat out a window and uh-huh. he's carrying her by her ankle and it looks terrible. It doesn't look great. And I also thought the mansion. Yeah. I never noticed it before until we watched it again today. The mansion was definitely CGI on the outside. Yeah. And luckily they did stuff inside. I don't know how they made the set if or if it was a house or whatever. Mm-hmm. That looked all realistic and fine, but the outside... It was weird. It almost looked futuristic. Yeah. Kind of looked like garbage. One thing I will say about... Kind of looked like garbage. (laughs) I'll say this about their CGI, though. This movie came out before Batman Forever, and the CGI looks 100 times better. I agree, especially when it comes to the ghosts, but I think what benefits them is that they already had a design for Casper from being a cartoon, and they kept it that way. Mm -hmm. So they didn't try to modernize him or make it... I don't know, somehow more updated for the 90s, which I assume would be super duper cheesy. Yeah. So I think it it helps keep the movie not so dated because he he has a look and mm-hmm. that's how, how he looks. Yeah. I mean, if we can remember earlier this year or last year when they were messing with Sonic the Hedgehog design, I mean, why? Yeah. Don't don't redesign a character. No, we, we all know what he looks like. Yeah. Leave it. Yeah. yeah. The other thing... We kind of talked about it, the contraptions that they built in the house. The up and atom machine is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. It was like a roller coaster. Also, in potentially the house. could slit your throat. Yes. <laughs> it had real sketchy razors, but it was cool. And I remember that was like when I was a kid, I wanted an up and atom machine in my house. Yeah. I did want to discuss some plot holes. Go for it. So, I have this thing about Dr. Harvey. So, he's supposed to be this ghost therapist because, honestly, he's just obsessed with his wife. But Mm -hmm. there's got to be some sort of background where he believes that ghosts exist and that he devoted his life to this study. Mm -hmm. But the minute he sees a ghost, he freaks out. When he meets Casper, he, like, takes his daughter and runs and hides in a closet. And I'm thinking, if you devoted your life to this you think you'd be a little more chill with it yeah you'd be like oh yeah i deal with you guys yeah. what's up but i guess it's not funny unless you're screaming because you see a ghost which happens a lot in this movie yeah so true did and, you have another plot hole yeah i, I have tons go for did it you did we watch the same movie <laughs> <laughs> i just had no some notes casper's backstory being super depressing very depressing i remember that kind of scarred me as a kid a little bit. Yeah. Because I was like, so don't go sledding all day yeah. or I'm going to die. Because you're going to gotcha. get pneumonia and die. Yeah. And then your dad's going to get really sad. And you're going to haunt him and 
slightly drive him crazy, apparently. Yeah. So does that mean he's going to drive Cat and Dr. Harvey crazy? Because that's the other thing is the ending. I want to know what happens. I want to know what happens next. Does he? Do they just live happily ever after? Does Casper never move on? And why didn't he move on in the first place? Because the his whole reason for staying was to keep his dad company, but obviously his dad's dead. Yeah. So why? What? what what's going on, Casper? They always say ghosts have unfinished business. I don't know what his is at that I point. I don't. J- apparently to kiss a girl, but then he did that at the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I have no clue what's going on in this movie sometimes. Oh, God. And also, Dr. Harvey may be the worst dad ever. He's up there. He, he willingly goes and drinks at a bar with ghosts that he knows are trying to kill him. And when his daughter's going to have a party. Yeah, he's cool with that. And he didn't get any red flags from uh, Crazy Kerrigan. Yeah. You know? Very true. She's very devious. Yeah. She grabbed his daughter's face very aggressively in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. That was a weird scene. It was. It was Kerrigan and Eric Idle going back and forth, jerking her face back and forth like, you're so pretty. And she's just like, can you not? My face hurts. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much all I had. Other than I felt, and I mentioned this earlier, that the Dibs and Kerrigan deciding to kill each other without really knowing how Casper's dad's serum works. Yeah. It seems really rushed. And crazy. Yeah, that last 30 minutes, it was very jumpy. Yeah, for sure. And also, so at the end of the movie, Amelia, Kat's mom, grants Casper his one wish, which is to turn into a human so he can dance with Kat. Mm -hmm. And then they kiss, but then the whole school sees. So now Kat will be known as the girl who makes out with ghosts at school. I'm just saying. People are not going to be happy. Maybe she's going to switch schools. She should probably... Yeah. Do that. She didn't really seem to be making a lot of friends there. No. Yeah. You want to give out some awards? Sure. Okay. We give out two awards every week. The first is going to be the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give yours to? I gave mine to the character of Amber. Jessica Wesson. Same. Really? There was a couple people to choose from because I think a lot of the characters in this movie were really underdeveloped. I felt like her character specifically was very unnecessary because I know they were trying to make a, a point of saying that Kat doesn't fit into schools because she's moving a lot. And yeah. I get it. I did that when I was a kid. She just played this like typical mean girl that hated the new girl for no reason. And it was a, like a C-plot villain. Right. Because she was only in that one scene and then she was in a later scene when after Vic, uh, is it Vic? Yeah. Asked out Kat for the dance. Mm-hmm. She plotted like they're going to play a joke on her. And then their joke fizzled so quickly. Like her mean girl stuff was just the lowest of lowbrow cheap humor. Yeah. Like, oh, your name's Kat. So I'm going to sit here and meow. Yeah. And it's just. She, this actress, I don't think she really acts anymore. But I do remember her from a couple episodes of Boy Meets World where she pretty much paid, played well, <laughs> a very similar character. I remember so. her on Home Improvement. Oh, okay. Yeah. She wasn't as bitchy on Home Improvement. No. No. But yeah, she's just, yeah. Was, was not a good character. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And that's why we awarded her the Nicholas Cage Online School of Bad Acting Award. Yeah. Should we move on to the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting? We shall. And I'm going to go ahead and 
it's going to be a first on this podcast. I'm giving it to a CGI character. I'm giving it to Casper. Oh. We talked about him earlier. The person that voiced Casper, the Malachi Pearson. It was an enjoyable character. He was my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. Um, he was a little creepy at times, but was really a uh, endearing character for me. I thought his backstory was it was really depressing and good. Very and I think that sad. as a kid, I remember that made me like him even more. And mm-hmm. I thought he was funny. Yeah. And he's so friendly. I was going to say, he was super friendly. He just wanted a friend. Yeah, he was lonely. He was very lonely. And he's like, I got to live with these dickheaded uncles who are just ruining my life. Sometimes a little too lonely. Yeah. A little a little desperate. So I gave it to Casper slash Malachi Pearson. Awesome. I gave mine to Kat, Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. Because I almost did give it to Casper, actually, because I felt like his voice was very calming and it just reminded me of the movie. It took me back to being a kid. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I thought she was one of the better parts in the movie. She didn't overact or ham it up like the other kids that were kind of in the movie, even though most of those kids only had like two lines. Yeah. And she just, you know, she she was such a good actress she for her She really age. was. Yeah. For so, a teenager, she was a great actor. Yeah. Do you think... This movie held up. I don't think it does Ooh. in the sense that as an adult, I look at the overall movie plot and it just is kind of just riddled with plot holes and just not great. Mm-hmm. But I would still watch it because nine-year-old Ashley liked it. Yeah. And it's something that I really treasured as a kid. So I'm still going to rewatch it show our kids one day Definitely. type thing or nephews whoever mm-hmm. small children we have in our house <laughs> <laughs> but i do think it was a little underwhelming for me so i kind of went back and forth but i thought the good outweighed the bad uh-huh i thought the first hour although it's slow it was really good i thought the acting wasn't the worst it was a little hard it was easy to find my bad actor but then I thought everybody else was just an okay actor for the yeah. most part. But I thought the ghosts were all funny, and I thought it was a pretty enjoyable movie. So I said it did hold up. Okay. I didn't hate it. I know. I was just waiting for you to say, okay, Ryan. Ryan, okay. Ryan, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Not so much ruining our childhood is just, I don't know. I can't think of a word for just, like, okay. Yeah. Revisiting our childhood? Yeah. Yeah. With very low expectations. (laughs) Really low expectations. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to check out our social media. Yes. And our website, which is on our social media. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to us on anything, let us know what you're listening to us on. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And if you've just checked out one episode, we ask that you throw us a subscribe. Yeah. Maybe over on the Apple Podcast app. Yeah, for sure. Maybe a little rate. Ooh, now you're getting crazy. Yeah. You're asking for a rate. Also, check us out. We mentioned the social media at Ruining Our Childhood on Instagram and Facebook. And on Twitter at ROC Movie Podcast. And let us know down in the comments if you like this movie, if you've watched it recently and you think it holds up. Yeah, for sure. So. I would like to know. And did you also fall in love with Devin Sawa because of this movie? I mean, he's only in like two minutes of the movie, but. Those eyes. Yeah. I cry. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, thanks again, guys, for listening, and hope you have a great week.
week. Bye. Bye.